7th Level Bardcast. My name's Jason, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Jared and Michael. And today we're talking about RPG A Day 2022. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a... Oh, man. It feels like forever since we've done a full show together with the three of us. I don't really remember when it was. <laughs> um, um, I'm just going to hide the disgrace by sweeping it under the carpet and pretending that it's not there. I'm, yep. All right. So I'm just on. wondering. I'm wondering who the bald guy is. Hey, I was the egg in one of our sessions. You can't call me the bald guy. I'm sorry, Rusty. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> he God damn it! He looks so much like Rusty Venture now. <laughs> uh, actually, what he looks like is if Hank Venture grows up to be like his dad. <laughs> <clears throat> um. All right. So, um, what are we doing oh. today? We're gonna talk about uh, RPG Day 2022. So, we've got um calendar of of prompts um and we wanted to just kind of use those to create some podcast podcast episodes um and so we're just gonna jump right into it i mean we're just gonna cover the questions and and see how each of us answers and then move on so uh, hopefully um it entices you guys to be able to jump on and kind of answer some questions on the discord or in the social media or so on and so forth so we'll see uh but who would like to be in charge of reading out these questions and moving things forward well i would like to ask you both who would like to introduce an rpg who 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 would you like to introduce to RPGs? Is that is that hey, what you mean? Just because I forgot a word in the question doesn't mean you have to call me out. All on right. It. Well, well I, yeah. So it's a very important word. I guess we know who's not going to be doing the questions. Oh, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Michael, hey. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you field this one first because you are ready for it. I am ready for this one. Who would I like to I introduce we to, to RPGs? My answer to this question may offend, but it's going to come out anyway. And that is uh, Jared. I would like to introduce him to RPGs. Because I feel that up to this point, he's been ruined by whatever it was before. I'd like to retrain his brain. Wow. <laughs> I never knew you felt this way. Okay, let's uh, set up a boot camp one hour a week. <laughs> let's get this done. Yep, I I've, I think I can squeeze you in. Um, are you up on, uh, let's say, Saturday at about 7 in the morning, my time? Um, no, no, that's not going to work for me. It'll be like, I'm picturing in my head, like, instead of paint the fence, it's Jared, set the scene. Set the scene. Actually, what would happen is he would log on and he would just be sitting here by himself until I wake up around 10 o'clock. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of feeling that one. <laughs> you said Saturday, 7 a.m. I was like, that's not going to happen. Uh, but uh, seriously, I, I feel like I've introduced RPGs to several different people that I wanted to. Um, I'm even working on a few people 
you know, trying to get them into gaming that I work with or um, my children. I've always tried to, you know, encourage them to explore it. And a couple of them have. Um, but right now, everybody that I know already plays at least some kind of RPG. And so Jared was the first one that popped into my head. I thought, here's somebody that's never played an RPG. I could introduce him to RPGs. I hate you. Never properly played an RPG. I could introduce him to the proper way of playing an RPG. <laughs> this is some old school brainwashing. <laughs> this is some old school gatekeeping. <laughs> I mean, that too, yeah. A little bit of gaslighting thrown in there. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Um, let's see. Who would I like to... Inter- I mean, I kind of feel along the same lines as Michael, where it's like, if I found somebody who I was like, oh, they'd be awesome to introduce them to playing RPGs, I probably have. Um, so really, it would probably be someone recently that I've met. Oh. I can't wait for my answer. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think anyone in my family who is gonna play has already played. Um, yeah. I, I think, probably anyone who's cool, and that I get along with, um, and has the same mindset as me. Um, I will easily ask them to come into games because that's the kind of people that you look to be around when you're playing games. It's people who have the same sense of humor, people who have the same uh, ideas about, um, you know, life and all those things because it makes it easier for the game to be enjoyable. So go ahead, Jared. <laughs> cool. Uh, most li- like you two, most of the people I know, I've already been introduced or, or at least aware of the idea. So rather than push pressure on them, I'd rather give a cop-out answer of the youths, which is extremely funny to me the because youths. I am the youngest here. <laughs> Did you say the youths? Yeah, but he yeah, is... The youths. You are getting to the point now where it's like there is oh, definitely a, a younger youth group than you, you know? You're... you're it, yeah, you are correct, but it's... Even worse than that, because as I've discussed, I have a very old man soul. So oh, yeah. even when I was a teenager, I acted like a tw- late 20s. And now that I'm late 20s, I'm acting like early 30s. So it's slowly catching up. But, you know. What's... In all seriousness... Yeah. I, I was going to say, what's really funny is that none of us answered the way I really thought we would on this one. Which is, I would... Picture all of us saying the same thing along the lines of, I would like to get video gamers to actually play an RPG because video game RPGs are not RPGs. Oh, 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 yeah, that actually, I have one. I have one. Now you made me think about it, Michael. Uh, I would like to introduce my friend Kyle to RPGs because he's actually listened to our podcast, has no interest in them. But uh, he, enjoy- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he listened to our podcast in like a way of like, okay, how is how is this coming across as a podcast? Which is cool. I got good feedback. But um, 
he knows RPG material through video games. And he, I think he said he's played like Skyrim and those kind of things and enjoyed it. Usually that transitions over to at least somewhat enjoying RPGs. So there's my answer right there. Um, I, w- I will continue my answer in a moment because I never actually gave the answer. Yeah, fully. yeah incorrect. Moving but I on. would like to just correct <laughs> Michael that an RPG is a role-playing game. And therefore, as long as you're taking on the role of another thing, it is valid. No matter you're, how you're not going to win this argument. Trapezy that is. You're not. You're not. What you're looking for is the term tabletop RPG. No, that is just crap. That is just trying to to pigeonhole RPGs. Role-playing games are when you develop a character and you take on the role of that character. At what point during a video game do you speak? As that character. You do not, because all of it's already written. You're just going through the, the motions that the the programmer put in there. So don't even try to give me that tabletop crap. That's just a def- definition. You're saying actions don't speak? No. I speak with actions all the no. time. <sighs> you're just, you're just being contrarian took that now. <laughs> term from the tabletoppers, and now they're making tabletoppers redefine their own media because they wanted that term. Look, I didn't say they weren't thieves. Yeah. They're very creative <laughs> thieves. Just, anyway. You're just being contrarian. That's uh, all it is. To finish, off, to finish off my answer is, in all seriousness, I feel like a lot of young of the young generation can really benefit from tabletop RPGs because of the setting. And like you say, you are taking on and exploring a character. You're exploring a setting, you're exploring themes, you're learning and developing, and hopefully growing, or at least inducing growth in your character. And all these things are very useful for, you know, teenagers. (laughs) Especially in a safe environment. Especially those who are uh, neurodivergent and need that, that way to express themselves at a young age anyway all right video <laughs> Let's move on to the next video question. rpgs are choose your own adventure in video form um <laughs> as i was saying before though and by before i mean before we were, were before we were recording uh i think i did quite well and only limiting this to 12 minutes not 20 Yay. For one question. We're moving on. You get a meow meow, meow bean. <laughs> All right. So, uh, question the second. Uh, what is a great introductory RPG? Oh, man. I mean, I already know my answer to this. So Can, um, I, can I start so that you guys can... Yes, please. Uh, ...wait siege to my answer? <laughs> Get it over with. God. I'm going to avoid the quick and dirty answer of D&D 5e because that was literally made to eliminate a lot of barriers to entry, in my opinion. So I'm just going to look for something else to give an answer to. And my answer was the Powered by Apocalypse Systems games. I think those are very simplistic and very story or narrative focused rather than mechanical focused from what i've played of them and 
what mechanics they do have, they allow you to actively trigger uh, story moments or solve confusion that a new player to a tabletop RPG might have by just stating, hey, you go out on the streets and find a thing. Also, the dice requirements are very easy. You just have to have 2d6. Rather than having a d6, a d12, a d4, d10, a d8, a d20, and varying amounts of each of those. So that's my answer. Yeah, uh, I think it's totally fair. Uh, honestly, like trying to get someone to un- understand the mechanics of D&D as their first game, like it immediately sets them on the track of like, I have to understand mechanics in order to be able to play these games. I think, yeah. see, for me, and this is a game that I'm not, like, super into because it was weird for me, but as far as low mechanics, great story, uh, I I would go with Tales from the Loop uh, because the mechanics yeah. are so backseat that it's not important to learn the mechanics. It's important to learn how a story functions, how um you create a narrative how you know those kind of aspects function and then um as they learn those things then start to slowly introduce mechanics which i yeah i won't go into the next one but i think for me that's uh, uh if i had somebody who's totally like new and didn't understand um rpgs super well i would go for tales from the loop michael <clears throat> Uh, to be honest, I don't really have an answer for this one um, because I want to say my first instinct is to go with Blades or Forged in the Dark style um, because it's really simple to teach. Uh, the mechanics are not overbearing and all of the instructions for the character are on the sheet. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward what you can do. I just didn't want to go for that that easy one. Um, but I think, uh, my real answer would be, it would depend on the audience that I'm, I'm trying to teach or introduce. If they are capable of understanding, you know, some deep thoughts, I would introduce them to something like Traveler or even, you know, an, an older edition of D&D that's a little less, uh, filled with all of these superpowers that everybody gets in that game. It it would be something simple. You're a fighter. You're a thief. Um, so those are a couple of games that just really right off the bat uh, I'd throw out there. But really, it depends on who I'm playing with and who, who it is. So if it's a kid, they make some really good kids games that are simple. Um, they teach them how to you know interact with the dice and the mechanics, but Kids make up their own stories without you even trying to encourage them. They'll jump right in the middle of it. So, Was that an answer or was that just rambling? That was rambling. I felt like... No, it was valid. It was a cop out. I I, I felt like Jared there for a moment, um, just rambling from one thing. Oh, you did not do nearly well enough of a job Um, or a long enough job to be me. Don't pat yourself on the Blades in the Dark... Would be my my first answer because you can really teach anybody how to play that game. So my I thought about Blades in the Dark, but my problem with Blades in the Dark is that that criminal crew mentality is what they try and like gravitate towards in D and D already, where it's like, oh, I'm a thief, so I'm just gonna steal stuff all the time. 
I, I like I for me I want to try and like untrain people's brain to think that way, but that's <laughs> like it's okay to do that, but to understand like why you're doing that, not just because you should. There's uh, yeah to know, know there's more options yes, and to explore exactly. other options. Yeah, so that's not just take the easy hello hanging fruit like Michael. Did. Uh, uh, well. I also added any forged in the dark game. So because there's a plethora of them, you could pick a game that doesn't make them a, you know, a a criminal. (gasps) No, I have a brilliant idea. Throw them in the deep end. Make them sink or swim. Play as a Y-hander. So as a Y-hander. Yes. That's a good one, too. Yep. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Get them used to their characters dying early. (laughs) Uh, okay. All right. Michael, would you like to read out the next one? Sure. When were you first introduced to RPGs? And I think uh, it's I Jason don't... first on this one, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I can go first on this. I wanted a reread of that. It sound, it didn't sound robotic enough. When were you first introduced to RPGs? My name is Jared. I'm sorry, Michael. I'm going to have to give the job to Jason. He just did a much better read. At least I got all the words in there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, shut up about my failures. Um, so, um, mine's pretty easy. Uh, I mean, I think my first... Real introduction to a sit-down, like, RPG. Um, I was 10, and it was a friend. It was actually, it was a guy who was dating um, my stepsister, and he started hanging out with me and my stepbrother, and uh, he was like, hey, you guys should come over to my house and play this game. And I think it was more like he had no one in his grade who he could talk to, talk into playing the game with him. So he was like, well, I can get these uh, younger classmen to come and play this game. Uh, Which, I mean, it's cool. So we played Rifts, um, and it was more like space Rifts because he had, um, I can't remember the name of the book, but it was uh it had spacecraft and stuff like that so we played more as like a crew on a ship so it was more traveler style um but it was cool because like we didn't really get too far into statistics or into um the mechanics of it because he was like basically like you just pick a care a picture out of the book that looks like a character you want to be and then we'll just make that into your character so I think it was cool because my introduction was very un, like, concerned with the rules of the game, and it was more concerned with narrative, and so that's that was cool because that's how it's always carried me forward with that. That's why I was more interested in starting people narratively. Anyway, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> I mean, mine's simple enough as well. Um, I don't really remember when it happened. Because it happened literally probably before I was 10. And my memories start around 14, 15. (laughs) But um, my dad's always talked about playing during, uh, you know, the satanic panic era and whatnot. And (laughs) what it cost him and how he's uh, enjoyed the 
hobby going forward all the way into, you know, the 2000s and whatnot. And so that's when I was introduced to it. So, just a bunch of uh, old stories for my dad. Uh, <clears throat> so, so uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to stretch back into time. Uh, I was in the latter half of my second grade year when I was introduced to the red box set, the Frank Menser box set of D&D uh, by a kid in the neighborhood. I had no idea what we were doing. They had this cool box that had an awesome art on the front. And there were a bunch of uh, maps made on grids and hexes. And I thought, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, after I played it a couple times, um, I didn't get to play again because he moved or I moved. I can't remember how it happened. But essentially, I didn't play again until uh, it was about five years later. So that would have been uh, 1980. I was eight. I was, I was not born yet. Yes. <laughs> I mean, surprising no one. Neither was I. Yeah, and then <laughs> five years later, I was introduced to it when I found that same box set, bought it myself, and uh, committed to, I guess, playing that game by myself. Uh, it's funny how, is... how far apart and how different a setting our settings are, and yet we both started in the same way, by just playing the game by ourselves. Well, it's because I was in a small town and Satanic Panic had not completely run out of steam. Uh, it ended everywhere else, but in my hometown it, it, it held on for about seven, eight years past its uh, prime. Um, wow. All right. I don't know that I've ever played by myself. I've made characters, like tons and tons of characters that I never used, never knew I wasn't going to use, um, but I never had to play by myself. So I feel um, a good job on your commitment and staying with the game. Well, you had the ability to make friends. I mean, you had the interest in making friends. It's true. I mean, you see how many friends I have. You I also see how many like, friends I want to have. We had um, Magic the Gathering, which was kind of like a <laughs> a, a bridge between um, not playing games and playing RPGs. So, you, like, if you could get somebody interested in Magic the Gathering, then you could move them over and be like, oh, I have this other thing that you should try out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Magic the Gathering was the gateway drug to RPGs back then. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. What did you say? I went to my happy place there for a moment. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, can I read the next question? Can, yeah, it's your turn. Put all the words in it. Yay! Where would you host your first game? Not where did, but where would host a first game? Host a first I game. I think. For me, it feels like oh. like when I thought about I can't this read question, well. 
Um, I was thinking, like, where would you host the first game for somebody that you were introducing to a game? So, like, I think it kind of ties to the other questions for me. I mean, you guys answer it any way you want to. but Oh, I won't. Don't worry. Um, Michael? Well, I read it the same way, that you were introducing somebody and this is the first time they're going to play. Um, if it's somebody that you know... I, I'd be happy to show them in my house because I've got a nice open space in my second floor. I've got a plethora of books and uh, plenty of dice to show them any kind of game they want to play. I would do it right here at my house. So, uh, my answer is also Michael's house. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> i currently don't have an, a setup for like running games and like we know in-person games happen over at michael's house like that's just i mean remember how uncomfortable that first session was that we had at my house in the room that now like i you know my my you don't yeah you don't remember but that was pre-jared wasn't it my yeah it my, was my three-year-old daughter at the time I was trying to keep her out of the room, so I closed up the door. There was, like, seven of us in a room. It was, like, I had the AC down to, like, 73, and yet in the room it was, like, 85. Everybody was hot, and, I mean, we had a good time, but, yeah, we definitely moved over to Michael's house immediately after that. Um, so, yeah, for me, I would take it over to Michael's house as well because I know that I'm welcome there. I know that I can run games there. And I know that there's a space available to run games. So, And plenty of books to flip through. Yep. Yeah, there's well, a lot of... Surprising uh, no one. Research oh, books there. Yeah, a lot of yeah. antiques. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are vaguely hinting at something you shouldn't be hinting at, I feel. <laughs> I just mean like, you know, like the library where you can take the resource books and you can look at them, you can make copies of them, but you got to put them back before you leave the library. That's how Michael's books are. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. That's all you were talking about. Nothing else. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I read the question as a bit differently. Or at least I focused on a different part. No way! No. I didn't focus on the physical aspect. I focused on the group or social aspect. As in, hosting game. who would I be hosting games for? Or whatnot. And my advice was to basically... If you are hosting a first game, you should probably play with people that you've played with before. People who you have a rapport with. People who will be more informed of the style you're likely going with, even if you've only been a, established a style as a player rather than a game moderator. And there was a few reasons for this, but the main one I came down to is you'll get more honest feedback, and you'll not have people just break away from the game. So the game will have more cohesion, so you can have more time to correct your mistakes, because there will be some. And you'll be able to form a style and whatnot. Oh, are you done talking? <laughs> no, I'm never done talking. But I did take a long enough pause that you could continue without 
Jared just he stops. He doesn't stop talking. He just drifts off to his happy place. No, no, he continues the conversation in his head, and he's like, all right, I'll let you guys talk now while I keep talking in my yeah. head. <laughs> I mean, you're not far from the truth. Yeah, I know. Um, Why do you right. think that it's sometimes I go, oh, you remember that conversation we were having about 20 minutes ago? Well, here's my thoughts on it. Okay, so uh, the next question is kind of interpretive to me as well, um, because it's open-ended, like, you know, why will they like this game? Well, which game are they talking about? For me, it was the game that I would see as a good introductory RPG. That's the one that I would say, like, why would they like this game? Um, I took all these questions in as much vacuum as I could. <laughs> but Jared, uh, you get to answer first on this one, if we're following the oh, rotation of things. Oh, yeah, sure. I forgot about the rotation. Gosh. The all important back to Jared again. Um, I took this more as why would they like this game? As in, just take a game and explain why somebody in general might appreciate it. And I chose the answer of Blades in the Dark. The reason why somebody would like this game is because it's very cinematic with a bunch of catchfalls for avoiding bog down. You can do flashbacks to bring up something that happened in the past without actually having to prep and make that scene happen before the thing. So it, it really focuses on the flow and the dynamics of the game and the narrative rather than the strict mechanics, which is really funny to say because all those catch-alls are mechanics. <laughs> but um, that was my one. Um, I'd also say that it really feels great once you adjust to its flow, because I don't know about you two, but it took me a while to do that. But once I realized the intention of the game and the story that they're telling, it becomes a really great ride. So, that was my answer. Yeah, um... Yeah, I could, I could talk about Blades in the Dark all day long. I, I know I we can. I <laughs> Even just you saying it's, that, I was like, oh man, I miss Blades in the Dark. We, we, uh, we, we need to play soon. It's really bad when you yeah. know... Like, all three of us don't want to bring up Blades in the Dark because we know how much we can really talk about it <laughs> and how easy it is to answer a lot of questions with it. So we all try to avoid it a little bit. Um... But, okay, so like I said, I, I interpreted that as the game that I would introduce people to, which is Tales from the Loop. Um, and, I mean, that's actually an interesting question for the game, because for me, personally, I'm not a huge fan of the game itself. But this kind of ties into what Michael said um, in his answer to that same question, is that, you know, it would depend on the group. Well, the thing I love about tales from the loop is that the rules for it are so simplistic that you could really adapt it to almost any setting that you wanted to start the group out with so um you know like my daughter was into uh this show uh what was it called my babysit is a vampire and that, that one vaguely familiar centers around uh, it's a canadian show um, but yeah, it, I think I've seen it. 
Uh, so anyway, like it has supernatural powers in it. So what I was thinking is just instead of the computers that they use in, in Tales from Loop, I just sub that in for magic use. And you could just easily like use those other um, kid components to make it a kid game. If you didn't want it to be a kid game, there's actually ways that you can change it so that it doesn't have to be kids. And those can, instead of it being like based off of their age, it becomes based off of something else. Uh, I've already adapted it in my head several times. Um, so I think it's really easy to do. And that's why, um, because of its low, uh, mechanics, it would be a really easy game to learn and like get to play in almost any setting you wanted to for me personally because i could adapt it to to um the group that we wanted to play with but that to me is why they enjoyed it because it would be so easy to just kind of customize to the group that i was running for michael well i hate to be that guy but again i think i'm gonna be that guy uh why would they like it well because at the table, and at any game that I run online, I like to invite a shared narrative like we talk about constantly. So if this game is anything like I've run before, it will have that encouragement for them to help create their character's narrative, uh, have fun interacting with each other, you know, do some improv type of uh, material, have fun in the game, and maybe along the way forget that you even have mechanics or a character sheet and 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 enjoy the story so that would be why they would like whatever game i introduce which i go back to blaze in the dark it's it encourages that kind of style of play and that would be the main answer for me for that question cool Michael, you want to read off the next one? Yeah, I will read off the next one. Hopefully I get all the words in here. No, you don't have to. I've already proven that. How would you get more people playing RPGs? Uh, Oh, that's me first. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Uh, Oh, goodness. How would I get more people? Um, So... I'm going to take the area that we live in um, because we live in a very rural, um, conservative area, um, and I will not at all go as to far as far as to say that conservatives don't play RPGs um, because I I know plenty of them that do. Um, it tends to be less uh, presumed that they will play. And so I think the best way for me out here to get new players or people to play would be to not assume that they wouldn't enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to just, because I look at your personality or I have an assumption of what kind of a person you are, I'm not going to just automatically assume that you wouldn't play an RPG or enjoy it. Um, Because, you know, everybody's looking for, you know, 
an opportunity to have fun or have a new experience. And so, you know, pitch it to them. And if they don't sound like they're going to enjoy it, then, you know, move on with your da- your day. But, uh, yeah, I, don't, I think don't make assumptions about people around you. Always valid advice. Uh, wow, Jared agreed with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to mark this on the calendar. I mean, he's basically saying don't become bigoted in your ways. I can't not agree with that. It makes me look bad. Is it my turn to go after you? Yeah, I think so. I've I lost track. Um, yeah. My answer to this question runs along the same lines. I think that um, there are a couple of things that I would want to get out there. I mean, first you have to set a time and 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 kind of get the word out to people that you think might be interested and create a an inviting space for them to come and feel comfortable so that even though they're trying something new and they're with you know strangers they have an opportunity to see that this is not something that they have to worry about it's not a scary hobby it's it's an inviting hobby that basically learns it basically teaches you how to be friends with people that you wouldn't interact with on a normal basis so um, Jason and I rarely see each other outside of our game days um, but I think that we have a connection of you know we we almost sometimes are thinking the same thought maybe from two different directions but we get to the same destination I uh, I would try that with Jared, but it would probably – I would end up in a nut house. Yeah, I would, I would be broken after that. I have been compared to Cthulhu in the past. Um, so I think that if I wanted to get people, I would you know, spread the word and invite them in, into my house and uh, you know, take a chance like we have in the last few years where we've invited people over to you know, play the games that we have and – and I think that we've encouraged a lot of them that have passed through to look at the style of game that they like to play and, and encourage the interaction with the story by the players rather than the mechanics telling what, them what to do. Yeah. Jared? Uh, well, for me, I'd uh, do a Ponty Pool situation and I would just, you know... Infect, infect people by wards by uh, just you know creating something like um, I don't know maybe a podcast in my downtime to just talk about tabletop RPGs so that more people would want to you know moderate games and maybe play games and so they'd look for people to play those games with and then it would spread like an infection throughout the civilization that's kind of what I would go with Um, actually, that's, I like that. I like that answer. Create a podcast where we talk about why people should play RPGs. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, and if you're going to play them, play them right. I, I mean, I'm just yeah. saying, you know, share you know, your narrative. Play them so that you enjoy them. That's right. Check that off the list. Oh, wait, we were just trying to push the buzzword again. Sorry. Yep. Yep. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> um, all right. So, um... Jared, I think it's your turn to read one off. Um, okay, well, 
We've reached the end of what I had written down, so now I have to look at new things. Yeah. Yeah. Spontaneous. So. Should I read out the day for this? Because we're not really following their day thing. We're just kind of doing a thing. I mean, yeah, I you could go ahead and tell them that it's day seven, but. Okay. Well, it's System Sunday, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Describe a cool part of a system that you love. Uh, I'm up first, right? Yeah. Correct. Ooh, okay, so I, I've been kind of thinking about how I would answer this question, and it's been a very, very difficult thing of all the of the cool parts of systems, um, you know, everything from Traveler and its cool character creation um, to the basic concept uh, style that World of Darkness invites. But I think the one cool thing about uh, D&D, I know, it's a shock, D&D <laughs> is that you um, have an opportunity to engage with a, a setting that a lot of people are familiar with. And so my, my a really cool part about that is that the tropes are alive in that game. The, the medieval tropes are alive and well, and a lot of people understand them because that part of our popular culture is starting to latch on to that. So I really think that the cool part of D&D is uh, the, the familiar tropes, and it makes it a little easier for people to get into the game. Um, but if it's talking about a mechanic... Nothing beats Blades in the Dark's flashback. You can you can have so much fun with that where you are halfway through your plan and go, you know, I think we should have grabbed that. Can I just do a flashback and say that it's it's part of my equipment? Great mechanic. So I guess I answered two one yep. two on that one. Yeah, you cheated. Um I think I'll surprise you both with this one. There's a mechanic in a game that I really enjoy, and it's it's in Pendragon. And that is the stats on Pendragon. When you raise a stat, you also basically... Basically, each stat is inversed. So by going more honorable, or... What was it? Damn it, I forget. Um... The easiest one, I think, is Chast and Lust or something like that. And if your character becomes more towards one, they become less towards the other. So there isn't really a way of min-maxing. Every time you improve your character, you can be seen as bringing it down. Or you can bring it down to improve it. And it's really... And I like those kinds of systems... Where they kind of divide two things so that you can't be good at both, but there's a reason and a benefit for being bad. It makes the stats not good and bad, just different. Sometimes scenarios will more rely on you having a low end of a stat or a high end of a stat. And sometimes the high end is bad and the low end is good. Sometimes it's the inverse. It's It makes it more about how your character and your stat is reflected in the setting rather than just high numbers good, low numbers bad. 
it's interesting how it promotes the the balance between one side and the other uh similar to a lot of the more um natural world elements of the arthurian legend yep all right so i'm gonna be uh cheap a little bit here and i'm actually (laughs) gonna say that um a cool part of a system that i love is from my own game um which is um the um action set um series like the whole i concept of how a player takes an hour a character takes an action in the game um because for me i needed a system that would say like okay what do you want to do now let's figure out how you want to do it um and i i not to cut any other system short but just the way that it works in my game is the way that my brain thinks so for me, I think it's a cool part because it's exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, and I didn't have to, have to compromise anywhere on the, the system itself. Um, so I can just tell people like, okay, tell me what you want to do. Now let's take a look at what you have on your character sheet that allows you to do that. Um, so that you don't have to think about how you're going to cut your action short. Like, oh, well, you know, I want to jump over this table and run across the room and, you know, uh, lift this guy into the air with, you know, psychic energy. Like, I'm not going to be like, okay, well, you only have 30 30 feet of movement or, you know, there's no limitation to what you're doing. There's there's just what does the action look like? Okay, well... Uh, in order to be able to do all that in one thing, you're going to need a spell in order to do that. So you need to expend some sort of magical energy. It costs you a little more, but it still allows you to make your action happen. So, yeah, it, it, it's a player choice of how far you want to push your character to get them to be able to do what they want. But no matter what, they're going to be doing what they want. So, yeah. To that anyway. point, I also really like that aspect of your system because again it's one of those things where you can add in i forget the exact stats but like the exact example you gave earlier you can add in a dash skill you can add in a psychic ability and then you can add in something else like dodging to try and keep yourself safe while doing all this however by adding in and piling in more of those stats you're actively drawing on the energy and it's costing you and it's so it's it benefits you but it also hinders you which is something that i always enjoy and for those of you that don't know what jason's game is is a game called bleak rising we've talked about it many times but it hadn't been mentioned in this episode yes thank you i appreciate that (laughs) i just keep saying my game like it's actually out there or anything I need to just take the material that I have and just throw it online and let people do whatever they want with it um, and try and write it as I go. But um, I'd love to for people to just play it because I, I enjoyed yeah, so much some... just making it. Yeah, and I think that your, your system has a, kind of an ability that very few systems have, and that is... Um, uh, the freedom to engage with a mechanic 
but create a, a story and a narrative at the same time. That's, that's rare that a mechanic can help that much and help so naturally. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting concept. Like, I remember, I remember when I had to tell Liz, like, explain to her how the game functioned and how you kind of are using those things as your character. And she was like, oh, wow, that really works really well together. And I was like, huh. I guess it does. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Um, all right. So that is a full week that we've just covered. Um, so we're going to stop there. Uh, and we will be back again for another uh, six or seven questions. Uh yeah, so hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to this. Um, if you haven't checked out our Patreon already, go check it out. Uh, seventh Little Bardcast. Uh, well, there's patreon.com backslash Seventh Little Bardcast. Uh, Jared is signaling me. If you haven't, if you've managed to listen to this all and not actually look up RPG per day, Maybe go look it up. It's yes, kind of interesting. Absolutely. It can be fun to play with. Even if you don't engage with us, you can uh, bring it up to your friends and field some questions and have a have a giggle. Yes, thank you. Sorry, I meant to do that too. Yeah, uh, partake in it. Um, social media, if you have any social media, um, throw up a post for uh, the prompt for the day and just uh, start a conversation with everybody about, you know, what what you what you're gonna do for you know these questions you know how how did you feel about them anyway yes RPG today uh, autocratic uh, I'll throw up the uh, connection for that but autocratic um, is a blog and the guy uh, God I can't think of his name offhand but he's the one who started RPG day uh, and you should go check out all of his stuff yes. So, uh, shout out to those who have backed us on our Patreon so far. Flump Pucker, Robert K, Tarpan Caravan. Thanks for listening. This has been Jason. This has been Michael. And this has been Jared. Bye-bye. This has been a production of 7th Level Bardcast, copyright 2022. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavors, so long as credit is provided to 7th Level Bardcast. You can find links to previous shows, resources, and our social media at 7thLevelBardcast.com. Also, connect with us through our Discord link in our website. We invite our audience to offer feedback, suggest a topic, or for a quick conversation. If you wish to support the show, like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcatcher. Music provided by Arthur Vinke. Music provided by Arthur Vinke.